On today's first round KO, we talk about the Brewers getting Mike Moustakis. We also talk about who should dethrone Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. We talk hypothetical WWE Evolution dream matches. And we talk about the potential of some big WWE superstars leaving the company. Then we have some segments. Obviously, we always have Matt about it and winners and losers for you guys. Let's get it. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Connor J. Moore. I would like to point out that for everyone listening, uh, when, when this gets posted to SoundCloud and iTunes, that this was one heck of a of an episode to even get on, get on the air. And then I would also, and speaking of on the air, um, since it is, since it's kind of no secret now, if you're hearing us, uh, on 9170 edge, that means that we fixed it. We fixed the music, uh, to my knowledge that after the storm that happened in late May, early June, it knocked, uh, knocked out the power. It was definitely, uh, I think it was mid June. Was it mid June? Cause I was here already. Okay. Yeah. So the the big storm that happened, it was even a storm that affected me back at uh, back at home. Uh, it knocked it knocked out some power, and you know I I'm not able to hear the station. I believe the streaming's down, and then of course you said music wasn't even playing in the station. We fixed one of those problems yep. as far as music being played, which is great because everyone's going to be coming back to Whitewater within a month from now. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, apart from all of that. Apart from all of that, uh, remember how I said that we had that we, we that we are most likely going to have that beach day. We did end up having that beach day, and it was caption, glorious. Your caption killed me though on Instagram because it was so true. I definitely <laughs> I meant to take a picture of the two of us too, like a selfie or something, and I just completely same, like, forgot. It yeah, it slips my mind that, that same day too. But no, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It, I, I got to go back. I definitely think that a trip back to Lake Geneva should definitely be in order and probably just bring the entire squad with next time. I'd be down for that 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, we are, I mean, as of Sunday night, we are live on the radio right now because our backup studio had some really strange technical difficulties. <laughs> like, really, like, we were both dumbfounded. We don't know how to fix it. We, John, one of the the station I th- manager, right? He, uh, yeah, program program, program manager. Program yeah, he yeah. he had never heard of the problem. Tom's not getting back to me, um, so we are live on air currently, and obviously we're going to be posting this as the podcast tomorrow morning. Um, but yeah, we got some great topics. You know, the show must go on. Yeah, <laughs> or the show Somehow. must the show must go wrong, as Andy Dwyer would say. It, it had, it. We're we're doing it. That's that's pretty much the best thing. To we're say doing it, and you're listening. You know, Connor may only be in your left ear unless I fix that. Well, who knows? We you know, but 
you still get to hear our voices and you still get to hear our our hot takes on some of these sports. And we start today with the Brewers because the Brewers, as you know, last episode we talked about their trade with the White Sox. They traded for uh, Joachim Soria. Um, and then literally the next day, <laughs> the day that the podcast came out on Friday, the Brewers made another trade. They traded with the Kansas City Royals for Mike Moustakis, or Moose, as I like to call him now. Um, and they sent over Brett Phillips and I think another prospect, or maybe it was a draft pick. No, it was, like, no, was a pitcher. I can't remember who it I was. I think it was another pro- – yeah, it was another minor leaguer. So Brett Phillips, he was the main part of it. He he started again to, or started for them tonight. But either way, the big the biggest news out of this is that the Brewers got a new third baseman, Mike Moustakis. Um, and a lot of you may be thinking, well, what happened to Travis Shaw? Travis Shaw moved to second base for one game, but that's where his new home would be because Moose will be playing most of his games at third, um, and Travis Shaw will now be at second base. Never started a game at second base in his life. Never in little league. Never in high school, college. Nothing ever. Um, but his first game there, he looked pretty decent. Um, made out of, I think two, three balls. He can't, he got to him, and he made some pretty decent plays on him. Um, I just I I think it's great that the Brewers were able to get Moose and keep Shaw in the lineup because they have very similar bats. They're both lefty. They're power hitters, but they're also RBI hitters. Um, so it's really it's really great for them to be able to get someone like that to, to add another bat to that lineup. Um, so yeah, Connor, what are your thoughts on this trade? This trade just makes me really want the DH to be a universal rule more than ever. Uh, to be completely honest with you, yeah. I mean, I've always I've always been on that bandwagon, but now when I look at this, I'm sure this I'm sure the MLB is not going to look at the Brewers trade. And just be like, yep, this is why we need the DH. But this is why I think the DH as a universal thing would be nice or why I think it should happen. Now, as far as how I think the Brewers will look with this trade, I mean, it's Mike Must- it's Mike Mustakis. I think they should be thinking, they as in the Brewers, should be thanking their stars that Mustakis didn't get that crazy payday in free agency like so many thought he was going to get. And then he basically waited until the end of free agency, mm-hmm. you know, the end of spring training. He got a deal and in then, March. Yeah. Right. And he and it's a it's a $5.5 million deal for one year. Basically. But then the sec, there's a second year with a mutual option for 2019, which also contained a million-dollar buyout. So that means at the end of this season, now the Brewers and Moustakis will sit down and, you know, decide yep. – whether or not he stays with them next year on that contract or they can renegotiate a new contract or they can they can agree on him entering free agency. It's going to be a mutual right. decision either way. So the Brewers have that to be lucky for as far as financial flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, you add a you add a, a bat, you have you add a proven bat, a winning bat, a World you know, Series winning bat. One of, who's, who's exactly who's won a World Series and you have, and a lot of people, I don't know if they realize this, but the dude's got phenomenal defense. He's got an amazing glove, and you don't you don't want to take him off the field, and you most definitely don't want to take him out the lineup. The problem that I think this raises with the Brewers, and it was funny because when the trade broke, I, I was looking at a video and stuff and looking at the live reaction on MLB Network. They were essentially saying the same thing 
that you said during the Joaquin Soria trade, which is the Brewers have an incredible surplus of outfielders in mm-hmm. their entire in their entire system, you know, and yeah. they were even and I can't remember who said it. I don't know if it was Dan Plesac, but one of them said something how Keon Broxton has been playing playing himself into a trade chip recently. Which I, I the hopeful Brewer fan in me is thinking that we're saving him you know for a trade that we hopefully make in the next two days for a starting pitcher exactly if not i don't really know why we didn't use him i mean obviously we didn't need to for moose i guess but right yeah i i completely agree he's been playing since when kane got hurt in early july uh broxton came up and he played in major leagues for the first time in the season even though he was an everyday starter last year, and he came up, he played incredible defense. I think he robbed like four home runs within like ten days, um, and he, he he actually had a good bat, which was strange for Keon. He's not known for his bat uh, specifically, but he kind of played himself into a two or three day a week starter for the Brewers, and I, he definitely yeah. helped his trade value. Yeah, no, he he helped his trade value, I and mean, just in general, the Brewers have this crazy surplus of outfielders. And another thing that they were talking about too on the broadcast was sure they got Moustakis and they got another bat, you know, and it doesn't help to, and it doesn't hurt to add another bat, especially with a lineup who sometimes can just fall stagnant. But that wasn't the biggest need there. They need a starting pitcher. They need a middle infielder. You're right. So, so now, now, the biggest, and I mean, you you talked about it on the podcast. I mean, I've always kind of noticed it. And then when the Mustakis trade happened, MLB Network was just like, "Okay, great, they have Mustakis. Their two biggest needs still remain." So now it's, and there's speculation about them going after Kevin Gossman and Jonathan Scope in, in mm-hmm. Baltimore mm-hmm. that they would try to they would try to get both of them. And whether or not this Mustakis deal does anything to hurt that potential deal remains to be seen i still think that the brewers have enough in their system the farm system rather to still pull that trade off but i think right i think if if they're content with the moustakas deal as far as both from a defensive standpoint and a lineup standpoint if if they're 100 percent confident that they can turn travis shaw into i hate to use this term but as as but it's kind of applicable right now a makeshift middle infielder mm-hmm. at least until season's end when you can address that position if they feel confident in that that's fine that's their prerogative mm-hmm. you still need a starting pitcher because as right. it stands right now if the brewers make it into the playoffs they're starting pitching they're starting pitching alone especially if they only get in through the wild card game that starting pitching will literally cost them. Yes. They have they have a great bullpen, and the and the addition of Joaquin Soria mm-hmm. definitely bolstered that. And it's that it's bullpen. starting to actually get healthy now. Like this is the healthiest the Brewers have been all season. It's, exactly, and that's a bullpen that's one of the tops in the majors right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. That being said, to get to said bullpen, you need to have a starting pitcher. And they're not going to pull a Tampa Bay Rays where they're experimenting, where the closer is technically called the opener, and then they're basically working the entire pitching rotation backwards. I mean, you can do that when you're the Tampa Bay Rays. Wait, you're... what? <laughs> I didn't yeah, hear about this. Oh my goodness, this this has been a thing for for a couple months now. Yeah, they're just 
they would experiment with it with a, with a little bit where Sergio Romo would come in and pitch literally the first couple innings and then they would have some other other people pitch. Can you imagine yeah. Josh Hader starting? <laughs> right. Oh, so that's kind of, oh, I mean, that's interesting. The okay. Brewers have that rotation. Mm-hmm. I think they have a rotation. I don't think it's a great rotation. I think mm-hmm. it's on it's on the cusp of being there potentially. But they have a good rotation right. and a rotation where when they get hot, they can shut down any lineup in the league. Yeah. But you need starting pitching. You're not going to advance far in the in the postseason, and you're not you're not even going to make it past the wild card game if you don't have even one singular starting pitcher. So unless, I mean, as it stands right now, but when this podcast goes live, it'll we will be about 24 hours, less than 24 hours from the official non-waiver trade trade deadline. Right. They need to make a move within that time period. I think they will. I it's just I, yeah. hard. It's just hard to see where that move is going to come from. I mean, unless they're willing to just unload everything and go after one of the Mets' arms, or on, or if they want to stay in the division and go pick up a Matt Harvey since he rejuvenated his mm-hmm. career, and then and now if you put him back in a position where it's a team that's that's scrappy, you know, they're they can make it into the playoffs. I think you'll I think you'll really start to get Matt Harvey back on track. So I think that that's a low risk deal that they can do if they don't want to yeah. pay up the wazoo to go get a start to get a big starting arm. Right. But that being said, they need to get an arm. If the Brewers don't get a starting pitcher during this non-waiver trade deadline, I I I'm 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 telling you right now, I'm calling them the loser when it comes to when it comes to the trade regardless of any team that makes a terrible trade. I will take a terrible trade other than the trade that should have been happened but never happened. So if the Brewers don't make a deal, they're the losers at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, They still have pieces, like you said. Keon Broxton is still a major piece. Um, This Corbin Burns out of the bullpen, he's made himself a very valuable piece. Even He was a valuable piece before he came up to the majors, and now he's had, like I think, four or five appearances, still hasn't allowed a run only like a walk or two. Um, so he's really good out of the bullpen. I wouldn't mind keeping him. But, you know, if if losing him and Broxton mean, and, you know, maybe even like Saladino or something, if losing them means that we get a good starting arm, then obvi- 100% I would make that trade. Um, and that's why that's why this Moussakis deal was so good. So everyone everyone's for re- initial reactions were, we already have a third baseman. We need middle infield. What the heck are the Brewers doing? And this I, this was the initial reaction on Twitter. I saw so many different Brewers pages freaking out about it, and everyone was just so angry and so upset with the trade. And even my initial thoughts, you can go back and check my Twitter. I was like, everyone needs to calm down. They're moving Travis Shaw to second. Travis said he's comfortable there. Everyone's like Travis has never played second. And it's like okay, he said he was. Com- they took he took reps um, at second base before. I think it was one of the games in San Francisco. He was taking reps there. He said he felt comfortable, and honestly, he should feel comfortable. The only thing that's going to be difficult for him, we still haven't seen it yet, is going to be turning a double play. That's literally the only difference between a third base, you know, fielding 
wise, the only other things would be cutoffs. And those, yes and no. Those are easy, but like yes cutoffs no. are easy things to like re rearrange but in your head. But there's also much, but there's also much more space to cover as a second baseman. Yeah, I mean, but, but that's and the. We, and, and I'm not sure. And granted, I could be wrong. Like I said, I don't mm-hmm. know a whole lot about Travis Shaw, and I don't have the luxury of watching more Brewers games back here in Illinois. Right. Uh, as I did when I was still up in Whitewater, but I don't know how you can, you can have pretty good range at third base, but you need to have some pre- you need to have better range if you're going to play at third, especially those uh, weird balls hit up the, up the middle mm-hmm. or in that gap between second and first. And I don't know if Travis Shaw specifically has that range. I, we know he has an arm, right? But I think you can sacrifice an arm at second base because you're yeah. you're well, yeah. barely um. Close. I, Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw has always had an underrated glove. I think he's definitely one of the most underrated def- underrated defenders. Um, he's been a little rough this year. He's made a couple bad throws, but that's beside the point. Um, Saturday was the first. Yeah, because the trade was ha- the trade happened on Friday night. So Saturday was the first game that Moose played. He played at third, and they put Travis at second. And he there was one play. There's a weird like blooper in the middle into the like right center that he went backwards and caught. He covered a lot of ground to get it. So that kind of thing proved to me that he's got a decent amount of range at least. Decent enough, right. But here's the thing. The, the main reason that they want a big bat, like why they – okay, so first of all, going back, the Brewers missed out on Manny Machado. Reports are coming out that um, the Brewers were the runners up in that trade. If the Dodgers wouldn't have made the offer that they made, the Brewers had the next best offer. I'm really glad that we didn't because we probably would have gave up an arm and a leg for him, and then he wouldn't have resigned with it. That's beside the point. We missed out on Manny Machado. He would have been our shortstop, so then we would have you know, still stuck with Hernan and VR at second and Shaw at third, and that would have been okay. But now that we have Moustakis and Shaw at second and third, now – we are able to have a better glove while sacrificing a bat at shortstop in Orlando Arcia. The whole plan for this is that because they have the bat in Mustakas and Shaw, they're able to sacrifice that and they, they want Arcia to play at second or at short because he can cover he can cover more more ground than anyone. And he's a their their idea is that if Shaw isn't able to cover as much ground as he needs to at second, Arcia is going to be able to more or less make up for it right. so that's the especially like on pop flies like Arcia can cover a large area of grass so the, so that's kind of the idea there which i like a lot Arcia, one of the best defenders like he i think eventually he's going to be up there with like ernado and and machado honestly defensively ranking wise he's fantastic defensively yeah the bat is a massive work in progress yes right currently it's like a 203 average so it's not great (laughs) not at all um but that was the main thing as far as getting a middle infielder they're like okay if we can't get a shortstop we'll get a second base so that a second baseman with a good bat and maybe sacrifice a glove a little bit which i don't think i I might be wrong, and maybe this move is harder than it's going or than I think it is. But I think Travis Shaw is going to work perfectly into this. Craig Council came out and said he's a baseball guy. He's going to work his butt off to make this work. He's going to be the best second baseman that he can be. I think this is going to be a good play for him. Um, and like I always love Arcia's glove on the field. 
if he can ever get his batting average up, then it's he's just going to be a fantastic centerpiece. Um, but yeah, my question, my question to you would be this: so, playoffs or no playoffs, regardless of what happens at the end of the season, when you get to the winter meetings, when you get to free agency, if if it were completely up to you, if you're calling the shots in that front office, if and let's say Mustaka stays, Travis Shaw, I believe, is still under contract, and he tells you, the coaching staff tells you, hey, he's comfortable at second base, we'll be fine with him there. Do you keep him there, or are you searching for a legitimate middle infielder at that point? Or are you gonna or are you gonna or are you still gonna work with Travis Shaw? If he turns being a makeshift second baseman into okay, he's competent. We can keep yeah. him there because we need a bat. Yeah, I yeah, I I would keep him there one hundred percent. You keep I you would want to keep his bat in the lineup, and if you keep Moose, you obviously want to keep him in the lineup. And yeah, and then if you know we keep Arcia, whatever. Yeah, I would one hundred percent. Even if he you know like you said, competent. Like he doesn't have to be an all star second baseman. If he's making routine plays. And he's making some of the out of the ordinary plays perfect, I think. And if he's comfortable, if he's okay with you know playing there, and that's the other thing. Um, if they they also said if Shaw, for some reason, if this doesn't work out, if he's not comfortable at second, Moose can always play second. Moose has played second in the past. Obviously, he wants to be at third, but Moose is more than willing to you know if Shaw needs to play third, Moose can play second. I'm more surprised that they didn't move Moose to second then right away since he's had more experience there. But I mean, I can see, I can right. see why because they want to break him in and make him as comfortable as possible coming into a new team. That's and the thing, yeah. Plus, so I can, God, he's so I can got see a good, he's reason. got a good corner glove. Oh yeah, like no, definitely, some of the plays the he makes on the like those hard hit balls. Like, I I don't know if I've seen those kind of plays out of Shaw. Which is why I'd rather him kind of be up the middle, where right. he can more rely on Arcia and Aguilar to his right and left. I yeah, mm. but yeah, to, to your question, absolutely. If if you keep Moose, and you keep Shaw, and Shaw's comfortable at second, Moose still wants to play third. Absolutely. Then then you're set, and then that's when you focus. You know, obviously you focus on keeping the bullpen. You know, Soria. You'd have to you know all all those different contracts in the bullpen. You'd have to make sure that you keep a solid group there. And then you shift your focus to a starting pitcher if we don't get one coming up Which, here. Yeah, it, like I said, I think I think the Bustakis trade is great. And this could work. The Bustakis trade could work out so well. It could help propel them into the playoffs. Yes. But I will still call the Brewers the losers at the deadline mm-hmm. if they do not get a starting pitcher. Yeah. And if they don't get a starting pitcher here – then they need to, then whatever waiver, whatever decent starting pitching gets put out on waivers after the 31st, they need to go hard in the paint for him during the, uh, with the waiver, with the waiver trades. Because if they don't do that, I have a hard time believing that if they do get into the wild card or if they win the division, it's a very short stay with the, only because they do not have the pitching. Yeah. I completely agree. The the only thing that scares me is I keep looking out, you know, at the landscape of pitchers that are available, quote unquote, um, for trades. And you look at there's three in New York 
with DeGrom and Syndergaard and Wheeler. DeGrom and Syndergaard are going to be hard gets. Like they're they're that's a high price for them. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're upping their price for Wheeler now too because they're saying that he's made incredible improvements, blah blah blah. He's a real pe- they've they've upped their asking price now. Which is interesting. If you want to offload someone, you don't up your it's whatever. The Mets are not the smartest organization. Um and then you look at Chris Archer who we have been looking at for a while now, but um, the two top teams interested in him are the Dodgers and the Yankees. <laughs> and I don't think the Brewers can necessarily compete. We've seen with the Machado trade, we can't really compete mm-hmm. with the Dodgers and the Yankees as far as unloading prospects. Um, and then, and then you know, you look at Harvey, he would be a good piece, but I feel like he'd be more more of the same with our lineup. You know, he's con- he's solid but he's not completely consistent he you know i he's not necessarily a proven pitcher i it'd be he'd be an interesting it would be an upgrade for sure yeah i I just keep looking out at the landscape and looking at our options and our chances at those options and it it the more i look at it the less i feel confident about it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like I completely agree with you. If they don't get someone, um, hopefully they can try to get you know the the waiver wire trade something going on in there. But that's going to be even harder to negotiate. Um, yeah, if they don't get that, then they I I do agree that they lose because yeah, adding the relief pitching helps, adding Moose helps, but you need a starting pitcher if you want to make any noise in the playoffs. You know, look at the last time we made any noise in the playoffs. We had Zach Grinky. <laughs> one of the best pitchers at the time. Like we, you have to have a solid number one starter, and right now we just don't have that. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough baseball. Yeah. And now the rest of the basically the rest of the the middle of the podcast we'll say before we get to the segments is going to be a lot of nerd stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, but. We are nerds with a sports podcast, basically. Um, um, we're gonna talk. Probably one of our podcast's biggest fans. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna call it. Uh, she always listens, and again, I'm so happy uh, that she does. But Jamie, I've referenced her on the show. Hmm. Uh, I was texting her throughout our little issues, and she was just like, "You guys should talk about wrestling." I was just like, "Oh, we have. Oh, we but have. What, we have it what, planned." And I was like, "What makes you? What makes you?" Uh, suggest that and then she was like oh i just watched total bellows and it was the episode where they're in rest i guess tonight was the season finale and it's and it was um tonight as in sunday night right it was the season was the season finale and it was when it was this past wrestlemania when it was in new orleans and everything and she was telling me because she was still she was working at a call center in new orleans at the time right when that happened oh and she was and she was telling me that it was so incredibly crowded she was just like, I yeah, the, every, WrestleMania like weekend, the, yeah. Yeah, she was like, well, yeah, because the, the R- WrestleMania weekend, it's such a big wrestling event because so many fans from around the world and around the country yeah. gather to that city. So other promotions are like, let's have shows there because the hardcore wrestling fans are there. Duh. So right. there's every other show that you can think, you know, exactly. Ring of yeah. Honor has something, TNA has, or Impact, sorry, has something, G1. Global Four, everything has. Yeah, like she was saying shows. that it was. She was saying that the hotel that she was staying at was 
incredibly crowded. But she was just like, yeah, I think she was basically just like, it's also New Orleans, so there's also that. But she was like, sure. but, he, but, he, but Jane was just like, even, she was just like, yeah, it's, it got crowded. That's without awesome. a shadow of a doubt. So, I mean, he was closer to Mania than I'll probably ever be. So. Maybe, potentially. I, maybe. Wink, wink. There's out, outside potential, but... We won't get into that, but we We are going to get into some WWE topics because there is a lot to talk about, Um, and we don't mean you haven't even gotten to talk much WWE. We got to talk Roman one time, Um, but other than that, me and you haven't been able to talk any, so this is going to be fun. I think this is is a first for me being on the show. So speaking of Roman Reigns, (laughs) um... I, I read that article, by the way. It's a very, very good article. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Tyler, by the way. Yeah, well, shout out Tyler, Tyler for Jones. shooting us actually, that, that article. Actually, he's going to be my color. He's going to be the color guy for Warhawk football games on TV. Awesome. So, shout out, dude. Um, Thanks for sending me that article because it, it, yeah, it was a very good read. I, it was, a, it I will was an admit. amazing article. Yeah, As I was a, just like – and the things like he's also a Reigns fan too, so I was just like, okay, so – and he was just like, yeah, I see exactly what he meant. I was like, okay, let me read it. I was just like, oh, okay. See, that was the funny thing about this. So the article is uh, why Roman Reigns isn't over as a top guy. And immediately, I I, I just <laughs> – all of the points made in this article are all points that I have <laughs> made over the past four years against Roman Reigns. I'm a very big Roman Reigns doubter. Um and I get, we'll get into this a little bit. I it, like this. Like this. I, I have this quote highlighted. I had it at least. I clicked off of it now. Um, mm-hmm. Let me find it. Ah, yes. So this is always, and it, it's summed up very nicely in this quote. Um, he's a he's a very solid performer, but very solid isn't the standard for the top position. Utter excellence. Is the, is the position that he needs to be in. That's the reason that Roman Reigns doesn't work. That's like the main overarching thing. Like, yes, he's an incredible performer. He, he can put on good matches. I, you can't doubt his work ethic. You can't deny the, his look. But that's not how WWE is anymore. Or that's just not how wrestling is anymore. You, don't, you can't just have the look. You can't just be Hogan or Cena or Triple H. That just, I was just looks... I was just, I was just about to ask, what do you... <laughs> think is the thing that sets that why do you think he's been so negatively received in comparison to Cena where there's I mean Cena's still relatively negatively received oh yeah but it's undeniable that he was the face like it, it was yes. it was accepted whether you liked it or not it was just accepted whereas Roman there's so much pushback to him being the top guy people leave during his matches like literally if right. he's on and, at the last and, match people leave yep and like, they never it, did that for Cena, to my knowledge. So, they never did that for Cena. To answer your question, the times have changed now. Back when Cena was a thing, like it was still accepted that you know he's the guy because he has the look. He can cut promos, and he's but a that was decent. About four years ago, right? About, and he's a, about four years ago when it, Cena. No, was yeah, still, exactly. Like, undisputed guy. But now, over the past four years, more wrestling fans have been. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? have been shown these other pr- wrestling 
um, promotions. promotions. They've been showing they've expanded. They've expanded. Yeah, the, they've that, expanded so, yeah. their their knowledge on wrestling. They've seen New Japan, Ring of Honor, and all these other different things where the wrestlers are more focused on get this wrestling, <laughs> and you you get these top guys like Adam Cole, like AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, all Daniel Bryan, all of these top Samoa dudes, Joe to an extent, Samoa yeah. Joe to an extent, even though he's got the look, but he's got the wrestling and the t- and the tactical and the storytelling elements of wrestling that technical, that technical aspect down yeah. yeah and now even if you look at the current names you look at Kode Ibushi, Kenny Omega, Tetsuya Naito, all these guys over Hangman Page, all of these guys over would you say Cody Rhodes has Cody... left the WWE? No. Okay. Cody Rhodes is a top name and a top draw. He's not he, I would say he's almost Cena nowadays. I like his I like his performance cuz I cuz he he I does like, put on good matches. It's I I, I like wouldn't put him up wrestling fans. I wouldn't put him up right. in the same category as AJ Styles. Okay, cuz yeah, cuz I started watching a lot more outside promotions. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I've been watching a lot more New Japan and everything over the last few months and I don't know. There's something about his performances now in comparison from when I remember. Because I was a big Cody Rhodes fan when he was on the WWE. Oh, me too. And there's something about his performances now. Just like I'm more drawn in, but I don't know if that's just a storytelling with his opponents most of the time. I don't. That's what I think. That's what it is. It's the storytelling. I've okay. noticed most, especially most matches just outside of the WWE, not even just with Cody Rhodes, just most matches. Because even Jericho, I've noticed his matches since he's gone to New Japan oh, yeah. have been so much better. And it's because of the storytelling. Like, Agreed. And you can even make the argument NXT compared to WWE, the storytelling is just better because you can't just have a random match and have it's, it be five stars, let alone so four stars. Because, and in case anyone doesn't know, NXT yeah under wwe that's just their yeah it's their it's yeah quote-unquote developmental so that's the difference to me you have to have a solid story leading up to the match and then you have to tell that story during the match it's not you can't just have a feud and then a match you have to have a match because of the feud telling the story of the feud and i don't wwe I shouldn't say Vince (laughs) and the current writing staff on the main roster have not figured that out and they have not adapted to current times, which is why Roman Reigns is the top guy right now. Right. It's very inconsistent. The writing, because there's a few, the uh, Charlotte Sasha Banks uh, matches when both were, when both were on the raw brand, (laughs) when Um, they hot potatoed the title. Yeah. When they hot, I mean, I think the only problem that I had with that, was that they hot potatoed the title? It was yeah, because their bad. matches, their matches had that storyline feel to it. I mean, even even there's there's one particular match that they had on Raw where everything just like I was sitting, I was like, this is legit and really great. Yeah, because and yeah, because they were telling for every stories. Every time that yeah. they get it right, right. For every time that they get it right, there's about six, seven, eight. Unfortunately, almost close to a year long where WWE just tends to botch it. And that's the thing. And as far as storytelling is, I don't know if this is their current story, where they have Roman, they, they, they pulled a swerve at media with Brock being Roman. And then you had, and then you had the Saudi Arabian screw job at the greatest Royal rumble. So I don't know if they're trying to book Roman as this guy who was at the top of the mountain, but now, but now is trying to claw his way back up. And now he's, 
un, now the big dog's the underdog, and he's gonna get, and he's finally gonna, and he's finally gonna slay the beast because the only person that he hasn't beaten on planet Earth seemingly is Brock Lesnar. But the part that bothers me about this story, if this is what they're going with, and again, I say this as a Roman Reigns fan. You can't book him as the underdog. No. Like he like there's no chance there's no chance in the world that he can slay the beast when he's literally beaten everyone else. He's literally beaten the Undertaker. Now granted, whether or not that holds the same weight because he beat the Undertaker after he had already lost, but still, I will take I will take Undertaker over Brock Lesnar right yeah. now. And he's literally beaten. He's beaten Cena. He's beaten Taker. He he beat up uh, Rollins at when, exactly when he, so when he was healed. He beat literally every top name there could possibly be. And now he's all of a sudden the, the underdog. underdog. So and that's now, the difference. Now the that's big dogs. The underdog. That's the storytelling. That story. That's the storytelling that I'm that I'm talking about. So like obviously you want a contender to a title to be winning up until they face the, t- the to make them a credible challenger but there's a difference between let's compare daniel bryan and roman reigns daniel bryan's a legitimate underdog because he's smaller but and they make his matches competitive because every time that daniel fa- wrestles and especially if it's a big name they make the match you know almost down the middle 50-50 where he has to overcome the end of the match and pull pull the match out of his butt and win. The difference with Roman is that he's dominating these people. He's dominating, you know, Seth Rollins. He's dominating The Undertaker. He's dominating Cena. And I would go one step further and say and say that before the bell even rings, there's already that predisposed thought in your mind. It's like, oh, Roman's winning. Even exactly. When Daniel Bryan was at the top of his game when he was the undisputed face. On this, I mean, right. Know, that wouldn't say undisputed face, but he was he was the hottest product in the yeah. business. There was still that thought. I was like, I was like, oh man, Bryan might lose this one. Whereas now, whereas now Roman steps in the ring, he's like, oh, he lost this one. He's about to win the next five. Yeah. Like there's always already that thought. You can't book like I get he's against Brock Lesnar, so he's gonna be an underdog. But you can't book him as an underdog then. Like, to just drop the underdog thing because he's not. He dominates his opponents. So you need to you need to book him as this B.A., you know, Samoan dude who beats people up and has to try to conquer this dude. Like, obviously, he, he, you just can't make him an underdog. He's not an underdog. He's, he's, a, he's the big dog. <laughs> he's right. a big dude. He's physical. And he, he's beaten everyone. Like I, except for Lesnar. This would be some. I, what I'm starting to think here is that I think the anger has shifted not so much towards oh WWE's forcing him down or throws. It was like okay, they did this same thing for Cena, but even he he didn't receive this much backlash. Like so, I think the anger is shifting more towards from that like oh they're shoving us down. He's shoving, they're shoving Roman down our throats. To, I think just the way they are yeah i mean whereas cena cena it wasn't just like oh let's just throw him in the big title picture it was it was a progressive thing you know his star was rising and rising then when it finally hit that pinnacle point that's when it was like okay cena's our guy yeah the moment the moment the shield broke up for the first time 
everyone's like, it's Roman. And in about one week, he's about to enter the, the main title scene. And, oh, look, what do you know? Roman's Roman. fighting for the for the title belt. You know, there wasn't there wasn't a progressive thing. I mean, we all knew Roman was going to be the guy. He has the look. He has the charisma. You know, now that they're not writing his promos, basically, he's he's much better with the mic in his hands. The difference is they better in comparison. Right. I think I think I think they're better. I think Roman's better when they don't tell him what to say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just, everyone is. <laughs> right. But the way Roman has been on the mic the last few months is much better than the Roman we've seen on the mic since I think probably the Shield days. That's when true. He, when when he fought when he but the difference was when he was with the Shield where he faltered, he had Rollins and Ambrose to, to pick up his slack on a, in a promo. The only problem and, is. And I'll let you continue. Yeah. The only problem is, like, he's not bad, but he's not the best. He's not bad. The, he's not. No. The, that's the, the that's the whole time, problem. It's so much better than it was before. That's the whole problem with him being the top guy, is that he's not the top guy. There's, there's so many people that a deserve a title shot more, deserve a yeah. title run more, but just that they're At they're just better. There's people that are overall better. At wrestling, on the mic, storytelling. Storytelling. All I can think of multiple people just on Monday Night Raw who are better at than Raw. Oh, I think that's where that, all this one that pops up in my mind right away, and I think you and I are probably already thinking him. Probably. <laughs> Finn Balor. No, actually, <laughs> I mean he would be on he's my like, list. He's like he's like tops on my list. One hundred percent. And probably other than Rollins. I think but. that's where the anger stems from the WWE universe is that he is not the top guy. Like they're making him the top guy. They're forcing him down our throats as the top guy, but he's not. You know, you have Seth Rollins, who's better all around. You have Braun Strowman, who's Braun. arguably better all around. You have and Drew. Strowman built and Strowman built that following. They didn't yeah. fling him into anything. He started as the black sheep for the Wyatt family, and now he's the hottest product on Raw. And you have Finn Balor. Finn Balor. You have. Did I say? I said Dolph, Seth. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's amazing. And he's the most underutilized person in that entire roster. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre came back. Fantastic! He's in better shape. He's a better wrestler, and he's better on the mic. He's more fo- and he's more focused. He he's, so he's not taking focused. it for granted. And that's and we'll, we're going to get to this. That's what <laughs> that's what the main topic of this is. We've gone off on a Roman Reigns tantrum, but that that to me, and that, that personally is the reason that I don't get behind Roman Reigns, and why I hate him being at the top, and I hate his character right now. And that's why I th- and that's what I think the general reason is why he's not accepted as the top guy because he's just not he he's not he's not the best wrestler on the brand he's not the best storyteller on the brand he's not the biggest guy on the brand and he's not the best promo on the brand it just that's why that's why he's not the top guy because there are other guys better than him but yet he's being pushed like he's better than all of these guys. And that's not where WWE is anymore. You can't push a guy like Cena or Reigns. Reigns could have been pushed six years ago as the top guy, and it would have been fine. But now that you have brands like New Japan and Ring of Honor who have actual wrestlers at the top, you can't, you know, Kenny Omega and Jay Lethal right now, two of the best wrestlers in the world, 
are the two champions for Ring of Honor in New Japan. You, you can't compare Roman to them. It, it right. that that's the reason he's not over. And that's what that's the reason he hasn't worked. Literal wrestling, by the way, and I know that's hard. But if we take out the technical, because I mean, if you compare most people from the in WWE now to the product going on at New Japan, they're not going to catch up. It's not going to be like that. So I think. So I, I disagree. To an, to an extent, no matter. I don't know. I think the way the talent they have be, is so deep. The talent they have is deep, but I just, I do not think that they will, if they do decide to start booking and writing things in storylines similar. That's the only thing holding them back. Ways in in New Japan, I still think they be they'll be playing catch up. But the thing, I think I'd be a little bit more forgiving. I would be a little bit more forgiving about reigns and how and this whole thing if we just didn't see the see the same copy paste mashup that we have for several years oh he slayed the undertaker okay what next oh it's just been brock lesnar it's just been this weird obsession yeah, it's all oh, lesnar's lesnar. next oh he lost against lesnar okay here's a new big opponent for him oh right. he beat them oh next is and lesnar sure they- oh he lost against lesnar and then it's and it's sure just they rinse and repeat. Threw the United States Championship or whatever on him. They threw the Intercontinental. Kind of, they made him a Grand Slam champion or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that that doesn't matter because at the time, even when he did win, when he did hold the Intercontinental and all that, you knew what was coming next because mm-hmm. he he would hold the belt for a little bit to be like, oh yeah, right. This one of our big guys has the belt. He would drop the title, and what would he do? Forget that mandatory rematch clause in the contract Reigns is already facing guess who Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar I would be a little bit more forgiving if they had him going against the Braun Strowman's more the Bobby Lashley's more the yes. Finn Balor's more yes. the Seth Rollins Drew more. McIntyre Drew McIntyre if AJ do a crossover thing and have him face AJ Styles for all the I care the matches he had with AJ Styles two years ago the matches he had with AJ Styles last year two years ago were f- phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> like, it, I mean, most of the credit goes to AJ on that, but 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 that's what I'm saying. Roman's a decent wrestler, but it's not like he's an AJ where he can carry a match. And I wonder, and I wonder if they're trying to give off the facade that he can carry his weight in a match because they're putting up against Brock Lesnar so many but times. They've tried that, <laughs> and it's I know, and they failed, and that's why they I'm put saying, him against. They, they put him against Jinder. They put him against Bobby Lashley. They put him against, I, I like, the gender matches were even Miz. You put him against decent. Miz, and he can't even have a decent match. And the, and with all that said, though, I would much rather him face them because there's more variety. There. Exactly. There's much more variety with you with can't the gender, repeat the, the same storyline for Miz, four years. With a Finn. Exactly. There's more variety. Yeah. And you can and that's the thing why I think Cena, even when he was starting to get that backlash, he's more of those critics started to like him a little bit more. Why? Because they put him in matches where he had to show a little bit more in his arsenal oh, and, and and didn't automatically go to the five moves of doom. Cena he, actually he had to won do. his titles too. Exactly. That, exactly. That is very true. You can't get behind a champion who keeps – or a wrestler who keeps going for championships but never actually wins. Like you disregard him. Like we look at Shinsuke Nakamura right now. He's not a main title guy. Because he lost 
he never he had six chances at the main title, never won it. Now he's a mid card guy, and we can see him as a mid card guy because he won the mid card title. But like but now, think, if he if he were to just drop the U.S. title and try to go back to the WWE, it's like no, you already tried that a bunch, and I you think, you can't I, do it. I, I think I'm I, I think we can only for sure say that after we see how how he handles this mid card run. Because even, the, but because do you see what I'm saying? Like, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but I you think can't just keep giving him title matches and expecting us to believe that he can win when he keeps losing. That's very true. Yeah. The difference here between Shinsuke and Roman here is that I'm sure Shinsuke is going to knock this is going to knock this U.S. title. Oh, 100. Hard. He is one of the best characters on the roster. Right exactly. Now. And then when he inevitably drops it. When they do reinsert him in the title picture, you know, contract extension and everything to be determined, we'll get he'll be a little bit second, yeah. he'll be a little bit more credible because I think his booking will be so much better, he'll look better. Yes. Whereas whereas Roman, if he loses, there is there is no oh let's drop him down to the main card. And when they did drop him, it was for what, a month? And he was still booked like he held the universal title. Yes. So it so the I think that's the big difference here. The way Roman's being booked is when you drop it, he did. It's not like he had to scratch and claw his way. He was right back in the picture. Right. Whereas Shinsuke, he's holding a mid card title, even though I think the U.S. title is one of the best belts to hold. He's he's in comparison scratching and clawing. So and when and when he dropped the belt, the belt, and when he inevitably, hopefully gets a shot at a, at a big title he will he will be much better off before because he's not stale anymore his a billion chances at the at the wwe title it was it got stale after a while even with the low blows it got stale because it's the same opponent exactly and that's my exactly. so like so yeah if if aj holds the title for six more months and then shinsuke drops the u.s belt in five months I don't want him to go back into a WWE champ as as well as he would be booked. Like even if he's booked perfectly and he's the most overdue it on SmackDown, and then he drops the US belt, I don't want him going after AJ again. Like th- that's my whole point with Roman. If you're gonna have him chase the title again, you can't ha- you can't make us believe that he's actually gonna beat Brock Lesnar because he hasn't beaten Brock Lesnar. You have to put the belt on someone else and then have Roman beat them. Yeah, otherwise it's just stale. It's using the same thing over and over, and it just doesn't work. Or just at this point, because I think they've been trying. Even though we're saying all this, the internet's saying all this, and to be honest, sometimes internet wrestling fans are the most cringiest people on planet Earth because it's either their way or the highway. Um, but I think I think at this point. I think I think everybody, even though they'll be ticked off about it, I think everyone will just be like, "All right, fine, yeah, we saw this happening." If they finally just throw the throw the belt on Roman, I mean, then of course there's Braun Strowman he has to worry about. But I think at this point, if you just just throw it on him, because I mean, we've talked about this before a couple weeks ago. I I think I've reached a point now where it's just like it can be on a horn swoggle for all I care. I want the belt back on TV so I can get more. I can get more of a variety of matches and still. Instead of saying, "Oh well, who's going to face Brock Lesnar at the next semi-big pay-per-view?" I completely four agree. Down the line, yeah, I completely agree. Um, to wrap this up, like you said, yeah, I would rather Roman have it at this point than Brock. But when Roman does win it, 
he's going to keep getting booed. They're going to keep leaving his matches. They're just not going to be interested ever. The the fans are just not going to be into it. Um, which I would I would rather run that risk with the belt on TV right, compared to having right, it off. One hundred percent. Shifting gears into this title picture, because this Roman Reigns thing is happening, and because he's not over and his character isn't working, even though he's going to face Brock at SummerSlam, blah blah blah. There's the off chance that he could still lose. We all thought he was winning at WrestleMania. He didn't. Right. So, let's just hypothetically, we're after SummerSlam, and Brock's still champion. God forbid he's still champion. (laughs) Who to you, on the Monday Night Raw roster, is the best suited currently, as in booking-wise, character-wise, wrestling-wise, everything like that, taken into account, who is who is the one person who could dethrone Brock Lesnar and be a credible champion and bring something back with the title? Braun. It's the, it's the next logical step because if they keep him where he's at right now, they've built him up so well, so well. I mean, they just ragged on them for storytelling, but I'll give them credit where credit is due. The one thing that we are, that people aren't talking about is just, and maybe that's, this is a credit to Braun himself. They have worked him so incredibly well where they have or they have almost hurt them where the writers have almost hurt themselves because just because i mean i hate to use a pun here but they've literally created a monster they've built him so well to the point where now people are begging for it they want it to happen and it's just the most it's the most logical step because if you build you're building him so well he has the money to bank contact he's this over he has all of this how much are you going to keep him stagnating? He can't just keep feuding for Kevin with Kevin Owens for the heck of it for long. Yeah. What? What's what? He's going to he's going to turn around and be, I mean, to be fair, a feud with McIntyre would be pretty awesome. Oh God. But, yes. But I mean, how long are you going to keep avoiding Braun Strowman from the Universal Title picture? Just logistically, the way everything is working, it just makes sense. Personally, I think Braun is leaving SummerSlam with the belt one way or the other. Me too. One hundred percent. But like you said, God forbid he does it, and and the strap is still on Lesnar. It's Braun Strowman for me. It's just the most logical step, unless they put, unless it's Rollins, unless it's McIntyre out of the blue, unless they finally give us the fans were just like, we want Finn, we want Finn. Unless they finally give us one of those, yeah. Braun Strowman to me is the most logical next step. If they want, to, if they're finally ready to scrap the whole Lesnar Reigns saga, it yeah. has to be Braun, especially because you've already sent Braun out to say, and say, "Whoever has the belt, I'm coming for them." Right. So they already work. They already kind of backed themselves into a corner with that. So if you go anywhere else, everyone's gonna be like, "Well, where's Braun? You booked them like this. Where is he?" Do you want to hear my theory on them booking Braun Braun Strowman as a as a monster? I really do. So all this time, we've just been thinking, oh, Braun's organically over, and they've noticed. So now they're making him, you know, next in line. He's going to be the top babyface once Roman wins the title and hopefully his heel or something, you know. Braun's going to be the top babyface. But here's my theory. They've made Braun this unstoppable monster. So that 
when at WrestleMania 35, when Roman ultimately faces the Universal Champion Braun Strowman, Roman will have defeated the Unstoppable Monster. That seems like a very WWE writer thing to do. I think they're only making him unstoppable so that they can make Roman look better in the long run. That's only going to tick off everybody worse because you have I, the organically over guy. With I'm the aware. Guy that everyone pretty much universally, for the most part, but hates. Like, think about it though. <laughs> the only times that Lesnar or that it, the only times that Strowman has lost, <laughs> really, like think about it. The only time I can remember him getting pinned recently was Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. by Roman Reigns. <laughs> it just it scares me. So I, I agree with you, though. I 100% think he's walking out as champion at, from SummerSlam. Um, and he is the most organically over, and he's ready. He's ready for a title shot. Yeah, um, I think the, the only other one who – the only other wrestler on the entire WWE roster who is the same amount of organically over as Braun is Rusev. That's maybe the only – I think Seth Rollins is up there. That, <laughs> that's top three for sure, but I think as far as – Constantly just random chance. I mean, it's undeniable. I mean, when you have Rusev Day chance going around and just the oh, most random absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. They've missed the boat on that, though. Like, you know, oh, they completely yeah. he missed was, the boat. He was the most over months. about a month or two ago. Yeah, they they yeah, yeah they botched that yeah. one hard. But So, yeah. So, I'm going to look at this. So, I'm going to say hypothetically, Roman, the, we're not even going to do Roman and Brock at SummerSlam. I'm going to pick a new opponent for him at SummerSlam. Well, and Bobby. No, I'm not going to say Bobby. I'm not going to say Seth Rollins. Not even going to say Finn Balor. I think the perfect man to dethrone Brock Lesnar at this point, because you have the out with Strowman winning the case. So like he's, he's the obvious choice. Drew McIntyre is perfect. And for multiple reasons, first of all, He's physically built to where he looks like he can beat up Brock Lesnar. He's taller than him. He's as tall as he's almost as tall as Strowman. I'm and pretty sure, yeah. I think yeah, they've face to face and he's about the same height. Um he's jacked now. He's just completely ripped. Um he's got he, he he like I said, he's one of the better wrestlers on the on the brand now. He's got an amazing finisher and he's been booked so strongly lately. And it and it's perfect. And so here's the other. So there's a couple different storyline things that you can do with this. I talked about this before. You can do you you can have him win the universal title, and have Dolph keep the intercontinental title, and then they can go after the tag titles. They can just run raw, and then eventually when Dolph loses his IC belt, and then he costs them the tag team titles or a chance at the tag titles or something, that's when you have your turn on him, and then you can make him the absolute top guy by himself. Even even disregarding that, you can make the chosen one storyline come full circle. Like he's literally he came in and he was, you know, he was a baby face on the main roster. He was Vince McMahon's dude. He was the chosen one. But the only thing he did was come in and win the Intercontinental Belt and then he was part of three MB. <laughs> like he just fell right. he, completely. He, in a way, he was kind of the spoiled brat of the roster. 100%. Too, because of the whole ch- chosen one thing. And that's why he, he has come out and said, them cutting me 
has been one of the best things for my career. It, them, it, it's, he, he said, I have a quote right in front of me. That's exactly what I wanted. A lot of guys, when they leave the company, they fall under the radar and are happy just keep, to keep plugging along. Hopefully one day that they will get picked up again. That's not me. I'm not that kind of guy. I never got, I, I never go for second best. I want to show everyone that if you do your best job, if you believe in yourself and you work your A off, you can do anything. This man has the right mindset. He has mm-hmm. the right storyline right now. He is focused. He's a better wrestler. He's a better promo. He's a better storyteller than everyone else on this roster right now. He is 100% the only man besides Braun Strowman, obviously, that I could see one-on-one defeating Brock Lesnar and being a legit champion. Honestly, when WWE 2K19 comes out, that's probably going to be one of the first things I do is throw the belt on Drew. <laughs> I he's DLC, that, so I have him right now. That is true. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. DLC on the current one. Yeah. I had to delete it because I needed space for a new game. But, that makes sense. Um, no, it, I would like to see Drew with the belt. Yeah. I have no complaints with Drew with the Universal belt. I think it would be phenomenal. You know, I think it would be absolutely amazing how they, how they decide to get there, not for me to decide. Yeah. I just hope that they don't. I just think so far they're doing well with McIntyre. I'm just. Yeah deathly afraid that at some point when they finally turn him loose and be a singles competitor without without Dolph Ziggler I am deathly afraid that they are going to miss they're going to underutilize him I just have this horrendous fear that they are going to pull an Oscar with him and, and just cut the aura oh, don't even say that that they are going I don't want that to happen but I didn't think that they would do what they're doing to Asuka now and True. look at Asuka. Now it's kind of just like, oh, she had the undefeated streak. Cool. So here's the reason why I – and this is, the, this is the optimist in me thinking. Here's the reason why I, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen because he has – if you look at – you know, I mentioned it earlier. Vince McMahon's guys, he Hogan, Cena, Triple H, the Roman. Roman. I think Drew fits that picture. Like if you if you disregard everything about him, you just right. you just was look Drew at him. Always was Drew, was Drew actually always Vince's guy? Was that just a storyline TV? Uh, he's my guy, or, I, was, or is it like a behind the scenes? Vince legitimately likes Drew. I McIntyre. think it was a legitimate thing, and it and it's I think it was because of the look. And now he's even bigger. He looks mm-hmm. even stronger. He I looks think much he more cooler. Yeah, I think he has the look. So I think I think they're gonna protect him honestly. I think he's going to be like Roman and Braun. I think they're I think they're going to treat him right because they they've treated those other two right. I I that just makes the most sense to me because he's the only NXT call up in recent memory that hasn't been botched lately. Like they he's the only one that I can Finn, think of. They didn't botch Finn until he tore his shoulder. Fair. They both right. been very but, very But then recently after that Nothing. Like, what? yeah, but like, yeah. So after that, all the all the other ones have just been terrible. Bobby like Roode, Neville, Oscar, yep. Sasha. Well, Sasha was okay. Neville she had, Neville had a de- had a decent run, but he was more rejuvenated when they turned the heel. Yes, absolutely. And you know, Enzo and Cass, the revival, all of these people. Bailey, they dropped the ball. Bailey, oh my, the biggest. And she was the she, hottest. She was the hottest 
She was the female John Cena, essentially. She was selling merch. She was, she she was, was. huge with the kids. And she they, was they o- organically her. over as a baby they face. Bailey. They ruined Bailey, which they upsets me because I was a, I, I'm still a massive Bailey fan. They ruined so many things coming out of NXT, but they haven't ruined Drew yet. I am yet. hopeful. I am hopeful that they won't, and optimistic that they won't because of his look. I think Vince still thinks he's the chosen one. I so. really hope you're right. Within the next year, Drew wins the Universal Title. Because I'm trying to put the picture in my mind where Drew's or the bagpipes hit on Drew's music, and I just hear the biggest pop in the crowd. I'm trying to get myself to think yeah. to that point. I like it. Just like, just like you know, when the when when the little beat dropped on Oscar's music and everyone worked themselves into a tissy, and now it's kind of like, oh yeah, Oscar. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. Drew McIntyre. I don't want the bagpipes to be like, oh, here's Drew. You know, I don't want that to happen. So I sincerely hope you're right yeah. because I want him to have a run. At, I want him to have a run at that title, whether yeah. it's on Raw or whether it's on SmackDown. I want a major title on on Drew by the time we get to SummerSlam of 2019. 100. percent He wins it at at SummerSlam 19. Don't care. He. I want a major title on him. Needs to. Needs to. Needs to. Let's shift gears into another WWE topic. So last week on Monday Night Raw, Stephanie McMahon's historical announcement was that the WWE women's roster was going to get their own women's exclusive pay-per-view called WWE Evolution. Um, it two was announced that... Too late. Huh? Is it two years? It's too late. But, I'd say... Well, like five years yeah, too I was, late. Yeah, it was a couple <laughs> decades too late. Um, True. They, so... It was announced that um, the May Young Classic final is going to be on that show. There's going to be two women's title matches from the main roster and the NXT women's title match, along with a a total of I it was either fifty or sixty. 50. It was 50, 50, 50 superstars. Yeah. Fifty women wrestling on this pay per view. Now that may. That may be backstage segments. That may be in-ring segments. It may not all be wrestling. I was going to say, remember, they said they were going to bring back all these different superstars for that one anniversary right. for Raw 1000. And, yeah, Raw most of them were uh, all of them. All cameos. Yeah, all of them were backstage playing poker. Um, which, uh, oh, by the way, quick side note on that. You remember that poker, that backstage like poker thing? Yeah. So apparently that was around when Enzo got cut. When he was still uh, cruiserweight champ, apparently the whole storyline for that poker game, Enzo was gonna bet his cruiserweight championship, really lose it to someone I don't remember who, one of the legends, lose it in the poker game, and then that's when Nia Jax, who was his love interest at the time, was gonna come in and win it back for him in poker. That was all supposed to be a thing. Yes, Enzo revealed that on one of his podcast or on a podcast that he was on recently. I need to go listen to this ASAP. I'll I'll try to find it again to send it to you, but Please I just thought that was do. interesting. Anyway, I I think I just laughed hysterically at hearing that. Some weird thing. Oh, and then so that was supposed to go into because Nia and Alexa were going to feud obviously for WrestleMania like they did, but that was going to go into eventually instead of Nia just hearing Alexa talk behind her back. 
Naya was going to... be Enzo figure out. Naya, no, Naya was going to catch Enzo cheating on her with Alexa. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have liked that story. It would have been terrible. It would have been, been so bad. Anyway. Thank goodness it didn't happen. I'm going off on a tangent. A lot of stuff I could talk about. Carry on. Um, Carry on. So the main thing, Dave Meltzer is also speculating that there's going to be a large, like a multi-women match, as in like some sort of battle royal, royal rumble, ladder match, something to to fill bodies. There will be. Yeah, there's going to be something like that. Um, So the the big question for us, and I'm going to say we're going to be limited to two matches with quick explanations who or what kind of match between a current wrestler and a former wrestler would you like to see at this evolution pay-per-view two matches very quick explanations you had to do that to me yes i did um (laughs) wow i actually have to think wow okay so the first one that i could think of is nia Jax versus beth phoenix Ooh, that's and a strong one. And my reasoning one. behind that is they teased it a little bit at the Royal Rumble, and the WWE has already proven that they forget with it on a weekly basis if Nia is a face or a heel. They forget oh, about absolutely. that. And I think you take someone who is as, who is so appreciated in Beth Phoenix, even when she was a heel, everyone loved her. You know, you take someone who's just a powerhouse in Beth Phoenix, and you take someone and you put it against put her against the powerhouse right. in Nia Jax. That would be entertaining. Yes. And and the other one I could think of, another one that I could think of, and this is me just honestly just spewing this one out there because I, I there's probably so much more that I could actually think about if I had if I was like looking at a massive list and everything. Right. But the other one that I could think of right now, because it was also teased at the Women's Royal Rumble, is Sasha Banks and Trish Stratus. Yeah. That was slightly teased. I could see that because you have the boss versus probably everyone's favorite WWE diva. Yeah. That's. I, I wish I could give you more explanation on that one, but I have much. But Two I mean, of the best female competitors of all time of all time correct you know so i wish i could give you more explanation on that one but the one that i'm personally hoping on seeing is a beth phoenix nia Jax matchup i like that idea a lot um so the two that i'm thinking of and i've already forgotten one of them now um oh so i also thought about trish versus uh sasha but I wanted to expand on that and mm-hmm. make it the best versus the best and make it okay. Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Ooh. The two best of their generation. I think they would actually, depending on Trish's physical health and her, you know, her ring rust, I think that could potentially still be a five-star match. But, like, can you imagine in their primes, like, that's a five-star match. Easy. I would literally show up to the pay-per-view party and just tell everyone to just stop talking to, like, watch that match. Just, like, I would just sit there and enjoy. Yep. 
then um, and now. I'd be like, everyone, don't say a word to me. This match is mine to watch. Yeah. So that's the one, you know, I don't need to go into it more than that, other than saying best versus best. Um, right. It would almost be like a Cena versus Punk type of thing. Like, I, or Cena Rock. It would almost be that big. Um, for my second match, I really wanted to, I was thinking of something for Asuka. I can't really think of anything for her. You know, I could if I had more time. I didn't prepare too much for this, for this segment specifically. Um, and I was also trying to think of something for Ronda Rousey. Obviously, the first answer would be Charlotte Flair. But um, I think we're going to see Alexa Rousey at Evolution probably. Ooh, you think they're going to feud that long? Yeah, they could, I guess. I shouldn't say that yeah, long. It's only a couple months. I think so. Um, I could see that. So the main, the other, the second match that I want to see would be some sort of stipulated match as in like, you know, a ladder match or extreme rules, something with no rules mm-hmm. between Becky Lynch yeah. and Lita. I th- I think you just took two of my favorites of all time, and <laughs> my, my heart would explode. Yeah, I, I mean Becky. Becky's explode. definitely one of my favorites right now. Her and Alexa, and I, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I've made a common knowledge how much I absolutely adore Marlita. So yeah, I, I think my heart would explode. Yeah, some sort of uh, between those two. Oh, oh yeah, Becky Lynch eliminated Lita from the Royal Rumble. Look at that. Cool. Um, the, there you have a feud set up. Boom. <laughs> right. I no, honestly, like some sort of extreme something they could make that work. They're both fantastic workers with stipulated matches. I think it would be great, especially that would hide a lot of Lita's um, handicaps. At you know, since she hasn't been wrestling as much, I yeah, I think those those two matches would be fantastic for me to see. I don't know how much longer you wanted to stay on the segment, but there is something that I noticed this morning that I like died laughing about. Sure. So this one Twitter page that I follow, it's some chick who I guess actually resides in Wisconsin and is part of a wrestling podcast or something like that. Oh, cool. But she tweeted something about, and it was like, and it came with like this meme and everything too. That was like really funny. Or like a gif that came with it. And basically, I'll basically just sum it up. When she was basically making fun of the fact that WWE posted like a poll on Facebook or whatever, saying which diva of old do you guys want to see back, and the leading vote getter on that poll of the of the ones that they listed was AJ Lee, and she was actually listed on the poll. Oh, and what did WWE do? They took the poll down once they realized that she was winning. Oh, I can imagine. She and she was beating the likes of Beth Phoenix, Lita. Trish Stratus and AJ Lee was beating them, and then, just, they re- and then they yanked that pole down. You just and ignited tr- another match in my mind. And trust me, if if I heard AJ Lee's music hit, you would hear legitimate <laughs> screaming <laughs> come from. Like, I don't think there was a I don't think there was another human on this planet who loved AJ Lee more than me when she was a part in, in the business. Oh, she was great. So I adored okay, that woman. So AJ Lee versus Alexa Bliss. You want me to go into cardiac arrest? One hundred percent. That would be so good. I can't. Oh God. Okay. I do want to move on to you this want next topic. Me to actually scream. I would happens. freak out. I would. I would. There would probably be tears shed if that happened. 
There's no probably for me. There is going to be tears. All right. Um, we'll talk more evolution when it comes closer. I believe the pay-per-view it's is October. I believe. Yep, it's October. I probably have a date here in a second. Maybe October 28th in New York. It's going to be brand new. They're having a lot of events in New York. Anyway. Waiting for it to go, waiting for one of them to go back to MSG, honestly. I, MSG, yeah, me too. It, it's too small for not for them now. Although, when, That's fair. this would be, nah, whatever. Um, all right, so the next topic, we're staying within the WWE, and a couple interesting situations are playing themselves out. So, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, WWE has the contracts of four major superstars coming up for renewal in the next few months. Such or As such, the largest sports entertainment brand in the world will need to decide whether or not AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are worth hanging on to or letting leave, likely back to New Japan for all of them from whence they came. Um, AJ Styles was asked about this, and uh, let's see here. He Styles said, I don't see why not. I don't see why not if I can do what I do. Like, if I can still be AJ Styles, then uh, I would want to keep working in the WWE in a talent form. Uh, So as long as I can keep going, then I would like to keep working here. Um, So Styles wants to leave. However, it was also reported. Or he wants to stay, sorry. Styles wants to stay if he can obviously stay AJ Styles and stay as his character, which I can't imagine they would... You know, the, I I think the, I think go away from that. We'll we'll touch on this, but I think I think Styles I think Styles stays, but we'll get into it. Um, off of this story, also, uh, New Japan said that if Shinsuke Nakamura were to leave WWE, they would one hundred percent want him to return to the company as a top guy. Um, so I think that adds an interesting twist to it. So, um. Because we've talked a decent amount with the other topics, we're going to try to keep this one brief. Connor, going through all four superstars, it, we'll talk uh, Gallows and Anderson together. So the three groups, the three people, how do you see them, how do you see the contract negotiations playing out and where are they once, you know, after that January date in 2019? Honestly, the only ones that I can see leaving or the high potential of leaving are Gallows and Anderson just for the sole fact that they're that they've just been criminally underutilized I think AJ stays because he's without a doubt one of the top faces of the company he's I mean it it would be I would have a hard time thinking that they wouldn't want to keep him and then even though New Japan just straight out came up, uh, was just like, and just straight up came out and said that Shinsuke is going to be right at the top when he comes back. I just think it's a little bit easier on Shinsuke's body at this point in time for him to stay here. And I also think, and maybe. I'm being a little bit too optimistic with him, but I think his his best is yet to come because we've yet to see him on Raw. That keep that heel, in mind. That heel gimmick on Raw would be so keep, good. Keep that in mind. 
during the entire duration since Shinsuke's been up at the main roster, he's been on SmackDown. Yep. We have yet to see what he could be, what what can be done with him once he's turned loose on the on the flagship show. So yeah. I so I still think the best for of Shinsuke in WWE, outside of NXT, obviously, is yet to come. That's and fair. And I don't. And you know, and he still receives a pop when his music hits. You know, people still love his song. They still love his antics and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they're just gonna, how they're not. It's, I'm looking at WWE, and it's almost, for me personally, I think it's impos- I think it's almost a shame that Shinsuke has not been on has not been on Raw, because he would, especially his his heel gimmick now. Yeah. With some of the talent on Raw, I, like I said, the best is yet for come for Shinsuke, whereas Gallows and Anderson, would I want them to stay? Yes, because I think there's so many things. If that they, they were going to be used, yeah. Right, there's so many things they could tap into with those two if you keep them together and everything. Oh, yeah. 100%. The only reason I see them leaving is because they've been so criminally underutilized, and they've been on Raw and they've been on SmackDown. You know, the last thing yeah. of relevance that they really had was just that shock and that shock insertion into the SmackDown tag team title picture against the Bludgeon Brothers. But their best run came when when those two and AJ Styles were beating up John Cena. So you know they had the Raw tag team titles too. Very true. And I, they th- went, I think that was still a, I think that was still around that same time period when it was uh, still, when it was right after that. Yeah, they went into WrestleMania 33 as the champions and then lost them in the ladder match to the Hardy Boys, to the returning Hardy Boys. So it's if it were if to me AJ stays, Nakamura stays, the only question marks here are Gallows and Anderson. I still I still think all four of them are probably staying, but the two, but the ones that I could see more likely to leave are Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, um, I'd one hundred percent have to agree. Um, AJ Styles, pretty plain and simple. I think he stays. I I don't think WWE would let him walk. They've invested a lot into him. He's almost at a year with his new title reign here. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a top guy in the future for sure. Even though he's he's one of the older guys now, I think he's he's still a top guy top guy of the future, especially with this new Fox deal coming up for SmackDown. Oh yeah, they um, need somebody on there if they're gonna keep him there. Yeah, which is why I also think they if they hold on to Shinsuke, they keep him there because I honestly think that the tide is gonna shift as far as Raw and SmackDown goes. I think once it goes on, it's gonna go on Fox. They're getting. A lot of money on Fox. It's going to be moved to Fox Friday. Is just going to be SmackDown, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Raw's still in USA, and it's going to be on Fox. It's going to be on Friday night, and it's still going to be live. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And it's, and they're probably moving it to three hours. SmackDown Live is going to be a three-hour show. I believe so. Do they have the roster to? to, to <laughs> probably not. Raw but does. that's where Raw I. Does, but does SmackDown have it? that's hopefully the, what they could do is just have longer matches <laughs> just have wrestling also matches true. on the wrestling show the, we'll get into that you know the, we have a year to talk about that if the, that deal's not until late 2019 but that's why i think they have to kind of keep shinsuke but i if i'm shinsuke i leave if um, i'm shinsuke i leave yeah, yeah but I, I think it just i still think there's unfinished business with shinsuke I agree, and maybe that's the reason they put the U.S. title on him. 
Um, and maybe that's what the reason they're keeping AJ as champion. Maybe they're all trying to keep him happy. Maybe here soon they give you know the Good Brothers a, t- a title shot. I'm not sure. Um, I if I'm Shinsuke, I leave and I go back to New Japan, be the top dude. He's a big name there. They're trying to expand into more countries and to you know into the Americas now, and so now he might be a big name for them. I yeah, he's just been so misused here. It's it's been kind of ridiculous. So if I'm Shinsuke, I leave. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him purely for the whole SmackDown th- thing. Um, but I. Th- Luke Gerald and Carl Anderson, I think they're out. The only reason I can see them staying is possibly because of AJ or Finn Balor. Just them wanting to stay with them, basically. Um, that's the only re- that's the only reason I can think right. that they would want to stay unless they worked something out where they were going to be positioned as top guys going forward. But and we also I, have to take into yeah. account because I think AJ went on like a I don't want to say a rant about this, but some random dude was like ripping on him on Twitter, and then he ended up I don't want to say it was a clapback, but it was a very educated comeback that he had. I think a lot of this, a lot, one thing that we also have to take into account is sure the whole wrestling side of things, player fact in it, where they stand in the business, play a role in it, and I'm sure the money does play a role in it too, yeah. but. I wonder, I wonder if they would be, if, I mean, the one, in this regards, I think Shinsuke is more likely to lose because I, I was reading something about him, and you like, like, that culture and everything is just so, it's so intertwined with Shinsuke and everything. Oh, yeah, 100%. But I just have a hard time thinking that the likes of Gallows, Anderson, and Styles. Are they going to pick up that entire family and just ship them right back overseas again? I mean, there's yeah, so many. Yeah, see, other that's aspects. why I could see there's Shinsuke so many doing other that. Aspects. Yeah, Shinsuke could see going back doing that because but the other three, means, yeah, I, yeah, I see what just, you're saying. I mean, I think, I mean, Shinsuke. I'm sure you know. I'm sure now. I mean, he enjoys being a part of the WWE and everything, but New, New Japan isn't. I mean, he is for the longest time, or rather, was New Japan. So yeah. And with and with AJ especially, I mean, if we are going to take into account where he is in the business, yeah, business now, are we? Is he really going to be like, yeah, let's just pick up everything and let's go to Japan, even though I'm, even if I drop the title, I'm still AJ Styles here. Everyone, I'm still going to have a pretty darn good opportunity. Yeah, you know, there's so many other things that play a factor in this. So I mean. That's that's why part that's why even though I say that I can see all four of them staying, but the only ones I can kind of see leaving are Gallows and Anderson. Right. I don't even say a lot of that with confidence because who knows what's going on yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, you know as far as their families and you know the relationships that they formed in the in the WWE. Like you said, Gallows and I mean Gallows and Anderson, AJ and Finn are all under one umbrella once again. Who would have thunk it? You know. True. Yeah. And Shinsuke. You know, so it's 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 such a weird thing to talk about contracts, especially when it comes to this. You know, with other sports, kind of like, oh yeah, I mean, you don't want to pick up your family, but I mean, if you're a top, if you're a pretty decent dude, and a well, team yeah, that could win a t- if the team that can win a title is about to do something, you're going. Yeah, okay. and there's the difference between moving to a different city in the United moving States an, rather than leaving the, the country and going to yeah. Right. Yeah. So, 
honestly, like I said, the only ones I can see leaving for wrestling reasons are Gallows and Anderson. I could see, I could see Shinsuke also being upset. Yeah, I was gonna say also Shinsuke. Yeah, but I think because but I think Shinsuke stays. If we're looking at wrestling reasons, I think he's staying. I think he stays because of health reasons. Yeah. But if you're but if I'm honestly thinking about it, I think they find a way to keep all four. Yeah. AJ because he's a top guy. Shinsuke because I think I think I. I honestly do think the writers want to turn him loose on Raw at least and just see what happens. And I think Gallows and Anderson, I think I think I'm gonna say both because of family and I think there's I think WWE teased too much of Finn in the club for there for that to be left aside. I think they teased that too much. Yeah, but then they moved into SmackDown. More. Um, That's true. Yeah, I completely agree. Or um, move Finn to SmackDown. What was I going to say? I don't remember. We should move on anyway. <laughs> cool um, Let's get to some segments. So the first segment that we are going to do today is uh, hashtag mad about it. Connor, and I know this is, we've already touched on this subject. Um, we did a whole, you know, a whole segment on this already. Um, so, so we, it's, We've talked about it, so let's not go too deep into it. But mm-hmm. what are you mad about today? Past tweets from athletes, yes. and I don't know who I'm more more. I don't know who I'm more mad at. I don't know if I'm more mad at Sean Newcomb. I don't know if I'm more mad at Trey Turner because those reports came out. Both came or out today. Yep. Or I don't know if I'm more mad at the MLB. Yeah. And let me explain about the MLB. I think yeah. that's the thing that I'll get. A, I'll explain about the MLB. Yeah. They botched how they handled the Josh Hader thing. Yes. I think they 100% swung and missed on that. So, and I can already tell you what they're going to do. It's going to be the same thing. Sensitivity training. It's going to be sensitivity training. And they're going to part of all of this. And what's going to happen? Trey Turner is going to play this week. Sean Newcomb's going to pitch in the next five days. Yep. And we're gonna act like none of this happened. If honestly, if I'm MLB, if if they botch this one again, which I know they will, I I'm completely pessimistic on this. If slash when they botch the punishments on these and just limit it to sensitivity training, what 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 does that what does that show to your players from Latin descent, from African-American descent. And then you have athletes, you know, we're in a culture now where we're trying to, we're trying, we're trying to promote this equality, both from race, from sexuality, from religion, for anything. What does this say about you if you're going to botch not one, not two, but three things when it comes to this? And... The whole Sean Newcomb thing, he 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 learned about it before the media did, so he called a press conference, yep. so he can apologize. That doesn't, you know what that says to me? That's not saying, oh, I'm sorry I tweeted. That just says, I'm sorry I got caught. Yep. Let me 100%. play my damage control. Yep. I don't know a whole lot about the Trey Turner thing. I just know that the statement that the team and the manager Mike Rizzo released was that, that the team Mike Rizzo and Trey Turner released, they're all equally weak. Yep. But. 
so I mean, I think I'm 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 mad at both of them because I think it's more, especially Sean Newcomb, because I think it's a I'm not sorry because I did it, even though I might be, but I'm mostly sorry I got caught. Yes, one hundred percent. Especially Sean Newcomb because he almost threw the no hitter, and then he turns like, oh yeah, I almost threw a no hitter. Oh man, I got these racist tweets. Let me apologize real quick so we can go back and talk about my no hitter or my almost no hitter. Yep. Like, nah, man, that don't excuse you. And but I, but I will tell you this: I guarantee you, by the time I wake up, by the time this podcast is uploaded, is on SoundCloud and iTunes, MLB will, will have probably handed down a, a penalty, and it's going to be sensitivity training. And I am going to come back on this podcast for the on Tuesday night or for the Wednesday show, and I am going to just just rag on the MLB disciplinary system mm-hmm. that might be worse than the NFL. Because honestly, if they botch this one, that is a slap in the face to lit to not only baseball fans, but to most of the people currently playing not only in Major League Baseball, but the minors. I just I think I'm 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 ticked off at Newcomer Turner, but I guarantee you I'm gonna be more pissed at MLB. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like I we we've talked about this before. You um it just sucks that all this stuff's coming up. I think all I don't think any player's safe at this point. Um, nope. But so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more uh, appear within the next week. Um, yeah, I was about to say give it a week. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, what am I mad about? I am mad. <laughs> Mine's a little silly, but uh, <laughs> I saw this story today, and it just makes me. It made me really think. I'm mad that Jimmer Fredette's not on an NBA team. Yeah. Because when you think about it, the NBA has become such a shooter's league. And to have to have a dude who is shooting 50% from the field, and I think it was like 40% from three-point line, like wherever, whatever league he's playing in. He's in China. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's playing, he's playing where uh, uh, Starbury is, yeah. When you have those, those kind of stats, there's just not really, like, how does an NBA team not look at that and say he can add to my roster, you know? Like, especially because it's such a shooter's league now. It, it, it makes me really confused and angry, <laughs> especially because Jimmy Fredette, he's a big name. He can bring, you know, probably jersey sales, all this stuff. Um, he's got a weird. He's got a weird cult following. Too. He, he does, I and yeah. I I just think, I I just think it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> that he's not on a team, just the way that, um, just the way that the NBA has evolved, um, and that how Steph Curry has been so successful. I don't know how a, how a player like Jimmy Fredette's not on an NBA roster. That's a good so. point. Yeah. I'm I'm mad about it. I'm very mad about it. I was a very I was a very big uh, Jimmer fan in college when he was in college. So I feel like everyone was. To be fair. <laughs> it's true too. All right, <clears throat> winners and losers. Connor, who you got winning today? Oh man, so my winner is Cody Rhodes, actually, because Ooh. someone tweeted him about how he bought a ticket for All In. But he won't have. He bought a ticket for All In, but he won't have enough funds for travel or the hotel. Um, and Cody Rhodes quoted him on Twitter and then said, "What's your budget to get there and your PayPal?" Oh. 
and the promotion All In, of course, is in I believe that's in Chicago. Yep. And they did they did a horrible job promoting that, by the way. Otherwise, I would have bought a ticket because they're completely sold out. Did you not? Yeah, it sold out in a minute and twenty nine seconds. Yeah, I I only heard about it after it sold out. Really? Yeah, I there was nothing there was nothing around here, nothing. Interesting, because I I mean I'm a big dude on the internet wrestling wise, right. especially, so I I knew about it for a while, but that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I, because like they're they're all in's gonna be at the Sears Center here, which is about not it's like barely under an hour from my house, mm-hmm. and I could honestly tell you nothing, absolutely nothing. But I know like six months in advance when WWE's coming to town, right? <laughs> but no, my winner is Cody Rhodes uh, for doing that because that is amazing. Um, I so cool. I love I love when athletes do that. Um, my my other and my loser. My loser here are haters, and haters because <laughs> LeBron James, when we wake up, his I Promise School, which is a elementary school for at-risk youth in the Akron, Ohio area, opens up. And I and I looked at all the different pictures and everything. It looks like a great facility, and LeBron James is just one of the greatest all-around humanitarians in sports. Tell me why I go on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and people are still bagging on this guy. Yeah. And there's and and their go to is like, Oh, you like, oh, you left for another team, you're not doing it. It's like, really? I was just like I was like, one, pick your battles. Yeah. Two, if that's your only battle, you lost. Yep. Like how are we going to hate on a man who has done so many good things for every for the community in Akron and wherever he's gone. Yeah. You know. And he comes and I don't want to say he came from nothing, but it was not easy for Mr. LeBron James. Yeah. It was not easy. And, and now he's and making it easier for other youth. Exactly. And we are still people on this earth who hate on him or just hate on anyone who does things in the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So honestly, yeah, haters are my losers. And my winners are Cody Rhodes and LeBron James. I am so excited for those kids in Akron, Ohio. In Akron, Ohio, I believe every kid in the United States deserves a chance at education, regardless of where you're from. Yeah, I just think that's amazing what LeBron's doing, and the Cody Rhodes thing—that's just that's that's amazing. That's absolutely just amazing. I love seeing athletes do things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, interesting because LeBron's also involved in my losers. We'll get to that. But first, my winner is Jimmy Graham because apparently he's never going to drop a football ever again. So oh he <laughs> he is out here after one day of training camp praising Aaron Rodgers' arm, and he says, uh, "quote Aaron's Aaron, he's just he's just a special arm where he throws his back shoulder." is pretty unbelievable. I'm not going to compare him to anyone I've played with. Aaron is in his own category. He then goes on. I played with Drew Brees, oh my. And Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson. But then, here's where the fun starts. He, He goes on to say, it's easy to catch the ball when it, when he throws it perfectly. I can't, I can't even drop the thing. It hits me right in the chest. So, 
he's just setting himself up for failure there. The first yeah. the first pass that he drops, he's going to get so much crap. But but apparently that's not going to happen. He's never going to drop it. So yeah, because so because Jimmy Graham's the, winning because the NFC North needs a dominant Jimmy Graham again. Yep, that's 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 what we need. That's what I need as a Bears fan. Yep. That's and great. I can't that's wait wonderful. for it to happen. He's never going to drop a football. Winning. Um, my loser is Father Time because LeBron James. Um, you would think after his 15th season would be kind of taking it, you know, especially with all this school stuff that's happening. He's got a new HBO series coming out. He's got to help build this uh, this Laker roster. You would think that he would kind of take it slow over the uh, over the offseason. Nope, nope, he's not doing that. He uh, went to one of his – he went to Bronny's uh, middle school game, and he's out there throwing dunks pregame. <laughs> to be fair, they were like – on a scale of one to ten, they're like three rated. They're like easy-ish dunks on a rim that's kind of lower, and he is LeBron James. That's fair, but like gym. this dude, I don't know. This dude's just incredible. After playing a full eighty-two games and then carrying a team to the NBA Finals, this dude's still—he's not—he's not resting. <laughs> he's still out here hooping. He's, father and, Time. <laughs> people say Father Time remains undefeated, but I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll remind you that Tom Brady's still playing NFL football, and I'll remind you that that LeBron James LeBron will probably James. be playing for at least another five or six years at a, can you imagine, at a high level. Can you imagine being part of the administration or whoever's running that tournament in this summer thing? And you're just like, oh, who's playing? Oh, that's oh, – what, what team is this team playing? Oh, they have um, – oh, it's them. Oh, they're a pretty good team. Oh, and by the way, they have uh, LeBron James Jr. I'm Bronny, sorry, where he threw his yeah. first dunk down at the age of 13. Yep. And then Ridiculous. it's like, oh, yeah um, – uh, his father's gonna be here, and then and then you have the dude come down talking to his son, and then you go and then you imagine being the guy as he comes up, he's like, "Hey, uh, can I just uh, dunk around a little bit?" <laughs> no, LeBron James, like, you cannot. I would stand there. I'd be like, "Sir, you could play in the game for all I care." Like, I'm. I don't know about you, but I'm not being the man to tell LeBron James no. I just can't wait until we see Bronny get drafted by the Lakers. In four or in yeah, four years, it's going to be fantastic. That would imply the Lakers would have to suck. Nah, they'll trade there. up or something, or LeBron will just sign a new contract wherever wherever Bronny gets Bronny drafted. Goes. All right, can you imagine that combo though? I can't wait. It's going to happen. Like it's one hundred. percent I think that's why he signed his four year deal. Two K twenty two. I can't wait. That um, video game is going to be lit. Let's wrap up this podcast. One last thing from both Connor and I. Connor, one last thing from you. Yes, yes. Uh, my one last thing. Um, I think I've been given another reason to hate the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think I could. I don't think those reasons could have gotten any big, bigger. Um, so I don't mean to. Re- I don't. I'm not going to beat a dead horse about the about the protests and everything that happened yep. conveniently at the anthem. They are not anthem protests. They are protests that uh, occur. I can't stress that anthem. enough on Twitter and on just everything. They are not, not protesting the flag. They're protest. not protesting the anthem. They're not protest. They are protesting their rights. And anyway, continue. So Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones are just like toe in line. Everyone's going to stand for the anthem and everything. Yep. yep. And I know the argument that's going to be made. If you're an owner of a place, you reserve the right to make any 
you roll you want, blah, 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 insert cliche thing here. Yes. And I understand that. I, I get that. I, if, if, if Jim Mead at UWW TV said, gave, gave some mandate for something, I would, I would follow it because I loved my job and I have that respect for him and what I do there. What I don't get is how it is 2018 and we are still punishing people for expressing their beliefs. Yes. And the only reason why people don't like it is because it's not the way that... I've tried to stay as quiet about this as possible. I've tried to walk a straight line as this as long as possible. But a lot of things have changed in the time that I've been doing that. A lot of things have changed. My mindset has changed. Experiences have happened. Now, and now my tone is different, honestly, when it comes to it. I, and the funny thing is, nobody will realize that a lot of these athletes do things in the community and all of that mm-hmm. as well. It's just, it's just funny to me. We live in a world where we, where the Confederate flag is still crazy everywhere, and people can say all these things and drop n bombs and all of this, but heaven forbid someone of color tries to take a stand against not the anthem about the problems that they face on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. whether you're a rich black NFL player or drowning in college debt, black Mm -hmm. kid named Connor Moore, it don't matter. But heaven forbid someone does something to take a stand against inequality. In a peaceful, in a peaceful way. In a peaceful way. Heaven forbid. So, I, have a fish. I mean, I always want the Dallas Cowboys to do horrible. I want them to go 0-16. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'd like if, I, w- I want them to lose as many games as possible now. Like, I'm just... Is that petty? Yes. I've admitted on Hawk Talk, I can be a petty person. This is me being a petty sports fan. Yeah. I want the Cowboys to lose horrendously this year. If it makes you feel any better, a video came out today of a some some fan going out in the middle of the Dallas Cowboys football field and uh peeing on the star. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that takes guts. That's kinda great. I love it. That's that takes I don't know if I go to those levels. Oh no. But but man. Right. Props to him for doing that because apparently dude just has no regard. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. But yikes. That's all I have to say about that is just yikes. Um, One last thing for me, and this is going to be my first one last thing that's not actually sports related, but I just have to bring this up because um, my friend group, my my newer, my college friend group, uh, specifically the new new Bullet Shield Day Club, um, they have um, introduced me to a new band, and I did not like them at first. I, you know, they sounded very alternative even though they're alternative rap they sounded very alternative to me they sounded very just kind of like random noises to make a beat type of thing but 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 Brock Hampton has been oh absolutely killing it lately 
Their uh, their last three singles that they have been they've been dropping singles this summer. Their last three that they've dropped um, are, I believe it's uh, 1999 Truman. Yeah, or no, 1999 Wildfire, 1998 Truman, and 1997 Diana. And they are amazing songs. They're they're rap songs, but they're also somehow alternative. Um, They're just so good, and I've been getting into this band more and more. They're very talented, and they're just silly. But they're just very talented people. Um, making great music, so I just had to give you know I just had to say that they're killing it recently. Um, so, congrats. I've never got behind them actually. I, I would recommend listening to their three new singles. You know, I might because I think I have a thing where because like, I tried to avoid people that everyone like won't stop talking about. Yeah, that's been my running problem with like there's like so many artists and bands that I used to hate and now I absolutely love. Right. Um, one of them being Russ and it's, yeah, and I, after I've I, been avoiding and, him too. And after I saw him live and in concert and everything, I was just like, okay, giving him a try. And I love him. I actually thoroughly do. So I'll give Brockhampton a shot. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I don't know if you're really in, uh, into this type of music either. Uh, I don't know what I would call the, what I would call their music or what they're listed as, but, uh, have you ever... Have you heard of the band Churches? I don't think so. V. It's, it's, it's like all capitalization, but it's like C-H instead of the U, it's a V. Huh. No, I don't think I've but heard of them. They have a lady lead singer. They're, they're out. I think their third studio album came out earlier this year. Okay. I've been listening to an ungodly amount of, <laughs> of their stuff recently, and they've been around for about for a few years now, actually. I'm seeing them in October, actually, and I am so pumped. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm plugging churches now like they're a new thing, because they're not. But <laughs> Right, same with Brockhampton. They're, they've I, been... I really don't know why I'm doing this, but I think it's because it was like the last thing I listened to. Yeah. But no, no I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not... No, I would, give, I would definitely give them a try. I think I think you and I think you and Kip I think kids would probably like him too, especially if he likes uh, kids would probably like because of some of some of his music and everything too. If only we had a segment once a week where we could play music for our audience and comment <laughs> over it. Hmm. Stay Tempting. T- stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, until then, let's close it out. Sounds good as always. Oh yeah, before I even get to the as yes. always part, first, um. To everyone who's actually who's somehow staying around a radio right now, listening to this, whether you're sitting in a car or you have a radio in your house and it's just on and you're awake and you're listening to us, number one, thank you so much for having that much dedication to this radio station. And number two, go to sleep. Sorry it took us till jump. Yeah. <laughs> number two, go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hypocrites for us to say, but still. <laughs> um, and number three, sorry it took us so long to get the radio back on air, but 917, we're back. We will work on the streaming issue. W-S-E-W. And when that works, and when that works, we are back in action. Yep. Uh, I can't wait to come back and return and, and do the stuff. Yeah. Now that I got That's that out of the way for all of our faithful radio listeners, now for everyone who might be listening for the first time either on SoundCloud or iTunes, or if you're awake at this hour listening right now, please go to bed after this. Yes. 
But anyways, now to close out the show legitimately, as always, uh, make sure to give us make sure to give us a subscription and a rating on iTunes. If you have us on iTunes, just just look us up at First Round KO Podcast. Same thing goes on SoundCloud. Uh, uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. The, the ratings and reviews are actually a big system with the iTunes podcast uh, system. So um, if you guys would be so kind to at least leave a star rating, maybe a, sm- a small little review, it would help us a lo- It would help us grow. Oh, yeah. It would yes. be massive for us, especially because we have some big plans coming up in the we next do. few months. Oh, interesting. And, we, and ratings help. Uh, but so yeah, definitely, def- definitely uh, drop in, give us a like, give us a follow on so many things. We are now on Facebook actually now too. Yeah, I believe at, I believe at first round KO yep. podcast. So give us a like there as well, and on Twitter as always, we, you can find us at frko podcast. You can find Kyle at Olson two K eighteen, and you can find myself at c o n n o r m o o r e underscore. The number seven. Links in the description. Links are in the description. Until then, if you're on, if you're listening to us on the radio, go to bed. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Thank you for sticking with us. And if you're not listening on the radio, if you're listening through SoundCloud or iTunes, thank you for listening to another episode of First Round KO. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. And until then. Stay with us as we shock the system and stay one and please don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kind of tired. We're the Michelin at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the cinder bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis stag, stone cold bachelor, acid rap and chancellor. Couple years an amateur, but never had a chance. We are you see me as a challenge to manage your intuition.